two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com tutor. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. You all hear me talk about education on this podcast a lot, and generally I'm focused on K-12, through but I think it's really important that we do not ignore a values-based education through college. Of course, let's be honest, values-based higher ed can be a challenge in today's political climate. I mean, especially right now, we're currently seeing some of our most coveted Ivy League universities embroiled in scandal after a congressional hearing where the university presidents essentially refused to condemn genocide. I mean, it seems impossible that that could have happened. These universities are the cream of the crop. These are what we consider the best of the best. We're talking Harvard, UPenn, MIT, but they don't condemn calls for genocide. Fortunately, here in Michigan, we have Cornerstone University, a values-based university with an amazing president who is joining me today. But before we talk about your education, let's quickly talk about your health because you can't put a price on your health. I personally stay energized and keep doing what I love every day because I get the maximum servings and nutrition of fruits and vegetables. I rely on Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule to give me the maximum nutrition of 31 real whole fruits and veggies every day. Balance of Nature is giving all listeners 35% off any first preferred order plus free shipping with promo code TUTOR. Just go to balanceofnature.com and enter promo code TUTOR to get started today. Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule are powered after an advanced vacuum cold process, keeping the maximum nutrition intact. Put your health first the easy way with Balance of Nature's fruits and veggies in a capsule. Get 35% off your first preferred order shipped to you free with promo code TUTOR at balanceofnature.com. I feel good about my health because of Balance of Nature. Check out all the testimonials from people just like you on their website to see how Balance of Nature is making a difference in their lives. Go now to balanceofnature.com and get 35% off your first preferred order shipped free with promo code TUTOR. 
All right. Now I want to welcome in one of my favorite people, Dr. Jersan Moreno-Riano to the podcast. He is the president of Cornerstone University and a Christian, it's a Christian university based right here in Michigan. Welcome to the podcast. Judah, thank you so much. It's great to have you, uh, to be here with you and is glad to I'm glad to hear that I'm one of your favorite people. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> you are because I'm hoping that you're going to educate my kids one day actually. <laughs> Consider it done. We'll take care of it. <laughs> All right. Well, I I mean I'm serious because I'm watching this and not that I had high hopes of like sending my kids to some horribly expensive education at Harvard where I know they weren't going to be like really well loved anyway. But I, you look at this and, and that was sort of something when I was growing up, I think that that was really an achievement for any student who was able to get into Harvard University and people were like, okay, this is where I know if my child goes here, they're getting top of the top education. And that was the goal. But now I think that we're looking at not just a top education. We want our kids to come back as the kids who we sent. And that's something we've been struggling with, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, just a few months back, it was interesting enough, Ross do that. He's an op-ed columnist in New York Times. They had a, they have a podcast called Matter of Opinion, and they spoke about the obsession we have with Ivy League schools. Mm. Why are we so obsessed with them? And Ross made this incredibly important observation. He said, you know, when I went to Harvard, great school, but the, the thing they focused the most on was ambition. Mm. Ambition, ambition, ambition. Not character, not morals, and not your soul. And he ended by saying, I don't think Harvard was good for my soul. Mm. Wow. And I used that observation actually to do something here at Cornerstone. We met with all our faculty and staff and spoke about that. Is the role of a university to just educate the mind or is it also to educate our souls? Right? Soul formation, spiritual formation, moral formation, so many ways you can speak about this. But I thought that Ross saying that, a, a product of Harvard, saying it wasn't good for me. It wasn't good for my soul. In some ways, is probably the most powerful indictment on Ivy League schools and, mo and many universities today, because I do think universities have neglected the, the kind of soul formation, moral formation that we need in today's world. And frankly, that a democracy needs. Democracy right. needs that. I would actually argue that they haven't neglected it, that they've been trying to manipulate it to a certain end. And that's what I think we're seeing. That to me is why we saw these university presidents struggle with this question. I mean, I, when you're watching that, what is it like? Because obviously you're in the same position, but we are sitting here not having been a university president. I'm watching this and I'm watching a very political answer. And in my opinion, I don't expect my university president to be a politician, but I see them all saying the same thing. It depends on the context. And I'm sit sitting here thinking, okay, well, this is Harvard. There should be no university that understands what the context of genocide <laughs> means better. And yet they can't condemn it. When did our university presidents become politicians? Well, I, I, well, it, this all began I think when, when uh, Bill Clinton was interviewed about the whole Monica Lewinsky situation, if you remember what he said, it all depends what is, is, right? Mm. Back then, years and years ago, we were already beginning to go down the road where words don't mean the same thing we thought they meant. 
and we mm. lost this moral framework, right? Somehow is, we don't know what that is. Now you, you see the same thing happening. All of a sudden, it's all about context, context, context. And look, I've served as a university president. It's a beautiful job, but it's also a hard job. And presidents are under incredible, intense pressure from dozens of constituencies, pulling them apart in every direction. Having said that, one of the most important jobs of a university president is to cast a moral vision for your university, a moral vision and a strong moral framework that undergirds everything the institution's trying to accomplish. And if a university president, under any situation, as intense as a congressional hearing may be, sits there and is unable to deploy a moral framework rooted in universal truth, goodness, and beauty, then I'm not sure that one should serve as a president if you can't do that. And well, it was I, clear I, to me they have three presidents who really were not able to do it. I mean, we see presidents at, at Christian universities in this country where I've had folks that went there, people that are alumni of that university, and they say, I, it's not who it's not the same university that I went to. And these are yeah. Christian universities that are starting to bend on certain things. Cornerstone, you came to Cornerstone a few years ago and said, we're not going to do that. And, and you even saw some people in the university that went, well, wait, what, what does that mean? And get a little nervous. Why is it that we are getting nervous about holding to our Christian values? I, I think part of the reason is that we are we we become uh, what I call democratic citizens first, rather than Christians first, right? Because mm. a democracy is supposed to uphold many views of life, right? But we know that Christianity is true. So the question is: Can we advocate truth and what is true in a democracy, or do we advocate democracy first and Christianity second? That's a real big tension. So what you have is people who individuals in a democracy who say. We can't say our way is the only way. To do that is undemocratic. It's anti-democratic. Mm, right? That's interesting. Right? So we have to say all these ways are okay, and we have to be inclusive of all these things. And my, my truth is just my truth. I mean, think about this. The Harvard president, the most important stuff she said was after the congressional interview or inquiry, where she said, I did not speak and convey my truth. Her words, quote, unquote, my truth. And it raises this issue of what do you mean your truth? <laughs> Isn't there a right? God truth? <laughs> so I, think I think that's the challenge for some, that even Christians, we're, we're in a democracy. Democracy is supposed to be tolerant, and we should put up with everything. And therefore, we can't say ours is the only way. But that goes completely against truth, period. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do you use your life experiences to teach this? Because you've had a unique story. You came here as a child from Colombia that this is a really different government system than the United States. So how have you, as an immigrant coming here with nothing, rising up in this country and really what an achievement to be able to impact the minds and hearts of, of young people? I mean. That has to be, to me, I'm like, what, what a better honor to be able to be in the position that you are in and be so well loved at your university. But you have a story that you can share that most people in America don't have. Hmm. Thank you, Tudor. Well, yeah, actually, 43 years ago, uh, we came. Um, nine years old, my parents immigrated. I always tell people uh, they left everything behind. My father and mother had two suitcases, a duffel bag. In three hundred dollars, that's it, mm. and no English language, no friends, no family. We landed in what I call the second Ellis Island, Miami, Florida, mm. and then from there we made our way to to Rochester, New York, and, and grew up there my teen years. And I will tell you, my, my father to this day will say to me, he did not finish grade school, um, and he says, "I what I knew I could give you was I could get you to the land of opportunity. Once you got there, it's up to you what you make of yourself." His words. So I thought I knew that's sort of the legacy my father gave me, my mother, sort of the inheritance, right? We'll get you there. Now you have to do the rest. Mm. And as a child, that always motivated me in, in significant ways, knowing that I haven't, I, I've come to the greatest country there has ever been and probably will ever be, the United States of America. I love this country dearly. And the opportunities you have here, frankly, are un, unheard of in many other countries. And so it was that motivation of my mom and my dad seeing how hard they were to get us here, how hard they've always worked, and realizing I need to do something significant now. Number one. I think number two, 
is that you know Aristotle, the philosopher, would say that fire burns the same way in Greece as it does in Persia. That observation that there's truth in essence, right? Regardless of context, of culture, of time, of geography, truth is truth. And I remember hearing that early in my life, and that had a significant impact on my life and in my thinking. That truth, beauty, and goodness transcend culture and time and locality and mm-hmm. geography. So for me, being in this country, education really is about leading people to what is true and what is good and what is beautiful. Uh, the very word connotes taking someone out of the darkness and leading them toward the light. And that's what education means. So for me, I've seen the impact on a personal level of that in my life, coming to this country, learning English, trying to figure out American culture and history and Western civilization. I mean, that took years for me to understand those things. But then realizing that Christianity is the source of truth because it's revealed to us from God through his son, Jesus, and through the word and through the things he has created. It's everywhere. Hmm. It's everywhere. And only if we close our eyes willfully and our ears willfully do we not see it. I think what's happening in in higher ed today right now, everyone knows genocide is wrong. It's evil. It's corrupt. Whether you're on the left or you're on the right, people understand that. The moral outcry is how is it possible that some of the most educated people in the world don't see that? They can't say it. They know it's wrong. Why can't you say it? And I think that's such a significant problem that our educational systems of today are not leading people to be able to conclusively affirm this is true, this is right, and this Mm. is wrong. Instead, they've complicated it so much, or they want to complicate and overcomplicate it because they're afraid or because a constituency pulls them in a particular direction, and they lack the moral fortitude to say, no, it's wrong, period. How big of a threat is that to our country? It's a significant threat because what what I think the other part of what you're asking, Tudor, and discussing, it's so important, is that we have an educational system that has not cultivated moral courage. That's the other part, right? There's a lot of moral turpitude, I'll think, foolishness, but at the same time, there's a significant lack of courage. I'm convinced mm-hmm. that these three presidents know genocide is wrong. I have no thought about that. Right, I yeah, that's afraid, true. deep down inside of saying it because they are afraid of having to stand up to whatever the group may be. So the lack of moral courage is a significant, significant problem in our country now because even if we know what is wrong, but we're unwilling to defend it, Right? We've got a serious problem. So how do you... Is r- good. It's a real problem. So to your point, it's a serious, it's a dark time for our country right now because of that lack of moral courage. So how do you recruit families into Cornerstone? Because Cornerstone is standing strong. That is intimidating to some, but it's it's so desired by others. I think there's so many parents out there that do not understand that there is a place to turn. We just assume... Hey, I've got to send my kid to the state university. I can't afford a private university. I'm going to go to the state university and I'm going to cross my fingers and hope I get my kid back. But the chances are I'm not going to. And that is, you and I talked about this. 
that time of life is very critical. You're you're in your final development of your frontal lobe, all of those decisions, all of those those final formations of who you are and what your character will be are happening in those years that you are at university. And we're sending our kids to a university that is filling them with these thoughts and ideas. And it really is it really is on purpose because whether it is fear of going against or just this idea of you have to be accepting in this environment, in this democracy, you know, we have to be able to look at both sides of things. You're losing your your values. How does a cornerstone come through and, and shine through to parents in that environment? That's a great question, Tudor. I, I remember several years ago reading the account of the, uh, and this university will go nameless for now, for a particular university in North Carolina where the entering freshman class, I think it was over a thousand students, came in and they brought in a special speaker to address all the new freshmen. And this person said this to all the new freshmen. Everything you've learned from your parents up until now, we are going to undo while oh. you're here. That just this, gave me chills. <laughs> right? This was said. So I remember reflecting on that and thinking, Universities are supposed to come alongside families mm. and help the family, not undermine and destroy the family, right? Universities are supposed to be partners with churches and families. We're different. We're a university. We're institutions of higher education. That means something. It's very beautiful and special. But we're, we should not be antagonists to families or antagonists to local communities or antagonists to churches. Somehow assuming that we're in a higher plane, a higher level of intellectual achievement, that we can look down upon parents and families and tradition and destroy it. So one of the first things I say to families, we have something here we call the Golden Eagle Days. All the prospects and families come to visit us. And one of the first things I tell the parents is this. Thank you for considering and trusting Cornerstone with your son or daughter. I speak to you first as a parent, not as a president. I have six children, I say to our parents, to the parents who visit, and I know what this transition means. It's a difficult one. So thank you for thinking of us and entrust, willing to entrust us. Second, please know that if you do, that's a sacred trust for us. And I as president and our team, we will honor that and respect it, and we want to come alongside you and help and bless and support your families. And we mean that with all of our heart. So that to me is one of the first things I do is try to convey the trust factor and the humility factor that we're going to respect and honor you and all you, the investments you have made over 18, 19 years of life, which mm -hmm. as you know, as, as a mom, they're significant. It's yes. a lot of time and investment. Well, and that's, that is one thing that I have pointed out on this podcast several times. We so often look so critically at what will happen in K through 12 and then forget Yes. We need to look at it for the next four years also. You're right. And, and you can't. And so I, I'd say that to our parent, parents. And, and number two, we've developed something we call the Christian Influencer Model here at Cornerstone. Our mission is to educate and graduate influencers mm. in the world for Jesus Christ. We're an accredited university by the Higher Learning Commission. We have uh, 70 plus programs, bachelor, master's and doctoral level programs. So we're a full-fledged accredited university. But I do share this with our parents, that our mission is critical to us. Our, our mission is to educate Christian influencers, bold and influential Christian young men and women, to go out into the world wherever they go 
and to be excellent in what they do, but to also influence the world for Jesus Christ in a very sophisticated and thoughtful way. And so we lay that out for the families. Here's what this means for us. And we, and we spend time with them. And I speak to all the families first. I will share with you, Tudor, that this year we've had so many families come to us and say, we have visited many Christian universities. You're the first ones to ever talk to us this way and to wow. share this with us. I've had parents, fathers say to me, I've gone to many Christian universities. I will tell you, you're the only one that has no anti-Christian symbolism on campus. Oh, Some wow. of the Christian hmm. schools that we've gone to, they have terrible. That's what they've said to me. I said it to you in humility, not bragging or boasting, grateful that we're here, grateful for our people, all we've gone through to come to where we are, grateful for our board of trustees who've supported and, and, uh, and governed the institution well. But that just sobers me up a little bit to mm. realize that what an opportune time we have, but also what, what an important time this is. Families are looking for an institution that is committed to a Christian worldview and excellent and accessible. And we believe we're doing that, but and we are that. We know that we are. But for me, more than anything, is conveying the trust factor of the families. We're here to support and to enhance and to bless, number one and two, to really prepare your son or daughter for the not just the market, but the culture. Not just the market, but the culture. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. 
I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In this last political cycle, we've talked about it quite a bit. Those people that thought that we had the strong Christian pro-life culture, that has not been impacted by the the Christian community, that somehow that has been lost. And honestly, it's the college students that are the highest ones who vote against that. And that's been a shock, I think, to Republicans. They're like, what? How, How have we lost all these young people? They literally leave their parents' house and they become a voter. And in the state of Michigan, a law just passed, a bill just passed that now you will be able to pre register when you are 16 and 17 years old to vote. So you know that that is because the left is going after those kids hard. So the the people that want to change culture are very smart about how they're changing culture. And you're one of the few on on our side who is saying, I want to preserve the culture that we have. I want to make sure that we continue with this seeing light and beauty and all of the things that you talked about and that we honor that. And the biggest threat to our future isn't climate change. China or the national debt. It's the tyrannical grip that a hopelessly corrupt higher education now has on our national life. You've got both sides saying national debt is a huge problem, but no one wants to touch big ed, higher ed. And that to me is shocking because as we're seeing this, I see very few politicians. We're starting to see the DeSantis's of the world come out and say, hey, I'm going to take on big higher ed. It used to be big ed that was K through 12. Now it's big higher ed, but it hasn't been a big discussion. So from your life experience, tell us a little bit about how, I mean, saying that that is the biggest threat to our national life. That's a big statement. Well, you know, I I wrote a piece in a a Washington Examiner several years ago called the How to Revive American Higher Education. And I followed that up with another, uh, another article that I published. I will tell you, I received a lot of heat for those pieces. There were mm. a lot of people who came after me for, for writing those pieces. But I really focused on what I consider to be a significant issue that universities had left behind the essence of why they exist, which is not just a pursuit of truth, but the acquisition of truth and the defense of truth. Uh, that's always been the purpose of the universities, to pursue to study, to pursue, to acquire, to defend what is true, what is beautiful, what is good. Um, and, and universities have lost that. And it's a long story. That, that's several podcasts, too, that I will tell you. A long history as to why that's happened. But what we have now are universities that are no longer pursuing them, but are pursuing ideologies. And ideology right. is not true. It's just a perspective. Lots of different ideologies. And, mm. and universities have become ideological think tanks, quite frankly. Right. And, and when you have that happening, you're educating the future leaders and citizens of your country, not with a view toward true beauty and goodness, but toward a fractured view of reality, an ideological one, a subjective one that's hard to defend except through some kind of coercion or force. And that's what you have now in the world where you see with all the protests in schools and canceling speakers and that's the perspective. We can't argue for what is true. We don't believe in it, as a matter of fact. We have this ideological position that's rooted in our background, race, whatever you want to call it. And you have yours and we have ours. 
and never shall both meet or converse. So the best thing you have, they will argue, is force. We'll shut you down. We'll cancel you. We'll silence you. We'll assassinate your character and your career until you are silenced. And that's what I think many universities have done. They've advocated that perspective, that thinking. You talking about this, it makes me think, um, just a few days ago, I met a gentleman who was talking about Harvard and said my niece wanted to get into Harvard so badly. And this is just kind of interesting to me because at the time listening to the story, I thought, oh man, this is what we have to do. But now I'm I'm kind of in my mind going, why are we coveting Harvard so much? Right. The idea of having a Harvard education was so important to this girl that she was desperate and she had great grades, great studies. She entered as a trans man and mm. became a, got into trans studies. And so day one is a trans student in a trans major who even knew that was a thing that you could major in transgenderism, but she's in transgender classes on day two. She goes back to being a woman and goes into computer science because she figures, and this is an Asian student, but Asians have been so discriminated against that they haven't been able to get into the higher ed. And she goes back and and they're you know at the time he was like this is what we as asian families are having to do we're having to game the system just to get into the universities and part of me was like man that's kind of smart to do but then the now i'm thinking about this i'm like why do we covet these universities so much that are actually if if you have to pretend to be a different gender and playing play a game like this to get in why is it that people are not looking toward values-based education. I think it's just starting to turn for universities like Cornerstone. And that is a time when we can be redirecting these folks and saying, look, you're going to get a top-of-the-line education here as well. Your kids are going to come out also wanting to do good for the world. It's not just, we talk about godly things, but these kids have to impact the world. We're living in the world, so we Mm -hmm. need them to be good citizens in the world. You are graduating good citizens in the world. There are people who maybe are looking for that and not looking for that Harvard name, but they're afraid that they can't afford it. So what do you tell parents who are going, you know, gosh, listening to this saying, yeah, I'd love to send my kid to a university like that, but I can't afford that. Great question. I mean, that's one of the key questions in everyone's mind now, right? The cost. The cost is exorbitant for for higher education. And we've taken a really hard look at that cost now over the last two and a half years. And even this year, we took a hard look at how we operate, the cost uh, of doing business, the cost of delivering a high-quality, world-class education, integrating our uh, faith into into our education, our programs, our majors. And I, I gave our team a charge. I simply said this to them. Please develop a revolutionary model for how we price what we're doing. And revolutionary means we need to ensure that any family who wants to come here is able to come here, right? If they meet our requirements and our entrance requirements and all those things, they really wanna come here, how do we ensure that we're accessible? Maintaining quality, right? Not being mediocre, uh, maintaining mission, but how do we make it accessible and affordable and reachable to the average American Christian family or, or anybody else who wants to come? Uh, and our team took that on and a lot of good hard work. And, and the outcome was we we announced a tuition reset of 22%. 
So we took mm-hmm. our tuition down from almost $30,000 a year down to 22000 That's a significant reset tutor, I will tell yeah. you. And initially, most of my team didn't think it was possible. And I, I would always say, look, where there's a will, there's a way. Let's figure this out. And they did. Uh, a great team, and they worked really hard on it um, over many, many weeks and came to me and said, we, I think we, we figured it out. And so that 22%, we believe it is, um, it, it, it's a tremendously accessible, affordable, reachable price tag for, for people to come. Uh, and when you marry that with appropriate uh, tuition for, uh, aid or other grants and so on, it's, it's very doable and very accessible to the average family, quite frankly. And so but- we're very pleased. We've announced it for the fall of 2024. Um, and, and, um, we are the best value out there. I'm convinced of that. Um, and as I've shared with you and others before, we want to be the school of choice in Michigan, the, the Christian school of choice here in Michigan and beyond. We believe we can do that. But certainly one of the ways is deliver on mission, maintain quality, but also ensure that we're serious about the price piece, that we're being great stewards of the resources. Um, and that was really the big charge here. Can we steward our resources well and deliver a high quality education? And I'm grateful to be able to share with you and others that, yes, we can, and we're doing it, and we'll continue to do it. That's awesome. So I have three and a half years until my first one graduates. She's a freshman. So you have to keep that down. We'll keep it down, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. All right. Well, honestly, this has gone so fast. There's so many things that I want to talk to you about. So I hope that you will come back. But before I let you go for because we have listeners all across the country and and many who are looking at universities right now. So tell them where they find you. You guys are in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, but tell them how to look up the university. Thank you. Uh, The best place is our website, www.cornerstone.edu. There you'll have all the information you need. We're in Grand Rap- beautiful Grand Rapids, West Michigan, a uh, hidden treasure here in West Michigan, mm. and uh, a university of about 2,000 students. And we've launched some pretty aggressive growth goals uh, with a, also our seminary, Cornerstone Theological Seminary. But again, the place is www. It is so beautiful. I was just there and going through some of the unique classrooms where you can teach in different ways. I mean, you, you really are doing cutting edge stuff at the same time graduating students that are going to do great works in this this world. And I think that's the important message here is that, do you want your child to come out and say, hey, I've got a degree that, you know, most people are going to go, wow, you're from that university where the president says horrible things. Or do you want a kid to come out of your kid to come out of college and say, I've got a degree and a foundation for mm-hmm. life that is going right. to set me up to do great things for other people and to impact this world in a positive way. And that's what you're going to get at Cornerstone. That's right, Tudor. Uh, that's that's our focus. That's what we get up to do every day. And my team will tell you they get up and they're working hard to enroll thousands of students. We, we have a very ambitious vision, not because we are great, but because the mission we, serve, we carry is so great and we want everyone to be here and to be a student at Cornerstone. Mm. Dr. Moreno Riano, thank you so much for being here with me today. He is the president of Cornerstone University. Check it out. Tudor, thank you so much. Great to be here. Thank you. And thank you all for joining me on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. For this episode and others, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or go to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and join us next time on the Tudor Dixon Podcast. Have a blessed day.
Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas, ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot Power Generators. Go to 4patriots.com tutor to get your solar generator. Now you'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to fourpatriots.com slash tutor. I'm Hannah Storm and my new podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm chronicles my six decades in professional basketball from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.